0: Hey there, friends. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Press Own podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. uh, And also proud to be sponsored by the folks over at DraftKings and Raycon. Uh, Welcome to the show. My name is Amy Johnson. If you're new here, I am not only your host of the show each and every week, but I'm also the lead correspondent over at AHLReport.com. And let me tell you what. AHLReport.com has been a very, very busy place for the last week. Uh, and we're going to tell you all about it today. We're going to start things off in the first half of the show by getting you caught up on Laval's two games that they played on the road in Toronto last week. Yes, that's right. Even though the Habs had off uh, most of the week last week and will have off most of the week this week, uh, Laval still had two games to play last weekend. Um, And they had some reinforcements come back to them from Montreal. Uh, And so we're going to tell you how that back-to-back series against the Toronto Marlies went. And then in the second segment, uh, I'm going to get you up to speed on everything that happened in the AHL All-Star Classic that took place this weekend at Place Bell. Laval finally, after... Two postponements, uh, finally getting to host for the first time uh, the AHL All Star Weekend, and it seems like they knocked it out of the park. Uh, the skills competition and the All Star game were very well attended, and they were exceptionally entertaining. And I am—that is not lip service. Let me tell you what the NHL really could take some lessons from how the AHL goes about doing. Uh, particularly the skills competition Um, and just about anyone that who saw just about anyone you know or could talk to on Twitter um, who saw both skills competitions both the NHL and the AHL competitions hands down I would I would put solid money down on every time they will tell you that the AHL skills competition was absolutely 1000 percent better than the NHL skills competition And that the nhl should maybe like take a lesson from it uh it was it was really fun i'm gonna bring there and there was a new league record set at the skills competition this year so so much fun stuff to talk about um and uh we had a lot of a lot of team coverage bringing all of that to you so we're gonna we're gonna really cover that in depth uh in the second segment so Let's get right into it, uh, and let's start with that back-to-back series by f- for the Laval Rocket in uh, in Toronto, playing against the Marlies, uh division rival, of course. Uh, the Toronto Marlies have been sitting atop of the North Division for pretty much the entire season so far. They have been dominant. Um, and they had some reinforcements as well, most importantly and notably, In terms of goaltender Joseph Wall, who was sent back down from the Toronto Maple Leafs so that he could participate in the AHL All-Star Weekend uh, as he was a selection for for Toronto, Um, but that also meant that he got to play. This first game against Laval. And uh, let's just say Joseph Full's record in the AHL this season uh, is a big reason why he was selected as an All Star. And he did not disappoint on this night. Although I have to say, the Rocket didn't give him a whole lot of trouble. Um, Laval did not. Just didn't look great. There was it just was not a good effort. Uh, there were two. Uh, there was a, there was a bunch of reinforcements back in the lineup. Actually, two of them came from the Montreal Canadiens because Ulanin and Alex Belzil were both sent back down from Montreal earlier in the week. Interestingly enough, of course, that meant that Rem Pitlick, Justin Barron, and Raphael Harvey pinard were not returned. To Laval, um, and so that tells you a little bit of something of of uh, Montreal's thinking right now. Uh, personally, uh, if if you happen to catch the Canadians Connection podcast this past Saturday, which I was pleased to uh, be a guest co-host of with Rick Stevens, well, we talked a little bit in depth about about how we're hoping uh, that this was just a temporary reassignment to Laval for Ullinen, and that he will be recalled sooner rather than later back to the NHL because he really, truly was doing uh, a, a solid and strong job. Um, just not as flashy, maybe not as flashy as as HP, as Mr. Harvey Penard, but, but definitely uh, making great strides uh, with his NHL game. So hopefully he will return uh, to the Montreal Canadiens shortly. We'll have to wait to see if that happens. So Ulanen and Belziel back in the lineup, as well as three guys getting healthy. Finally, we know Jean-Francois Oul has been dealing with a ton of injuries for the Laval rocket. And so Tori Dello, Gabrielle Bork and Madison Bowie all coming back from injuries. So that's five reinforcements for, for Oul's lineup, which I mean, given what he's had to work with for the last month, that was kind of like a treasure trove of, of players to get back. Um, however, right out of the gate, Laval was just shooting themselves in the foot. What has always been my biggest complaint about Alex Belziel? Well, it's that he takes too many penalties. And nine times out of ten, those penalties are at really bad times. Or they are bad penalties to take. Uh, it's just one of those things that I've never liked about his game. Um, and that I wish he would clean up. Uh, you know, it's... It's hard to get excited about all the good things that Alex Belziel does when he also can be a liability. And in this case, 57 seconds into the game, Alex Belziel, playing in his first game, returned to the AHL, finds himself in the penalty box, and Alex Steves wasted no time on the power play to uh, put the puck right through Caden Primo's pads, does a little forehand-backhand, and before you know it, it's a minute and a half into the game and Toronto's already up one nothing. Not the way you want to start the game. Uh, and it kind of went downhill from there. Uh, the Rocket only putting up five shots on goal in that opening frame as opposed to the Marlies' 20 shots on Primo. Um, and things just kind of got worse from from there. I mean, they they stayed in it the, by the end of the second period, Toronto was only leading 2 to 1. It was still a one-goal game. Um but then, whew, uh <laughs> there was just <sighs> refought, Marshall Refi put another I didn't love Caden Primo's first goal against. The second goal against wasn't really his fault. It was a it was a bad angle shot, a sharp angled shot that was from kind of deflected off of a skate that went behind him. It well, nothing really that he could do about that. But the first one, eh, I'm not not loving it. And the third one, I didn't love Rifi, um, puts the puck kind of right toward Primo's midsection, but instead of of swallowing it, it slips through. Kind of his pad and and trickles through five hole. He doesn't realize it right away, and it manages to to get across the goal line. So, two of the three goals against Caden Primo, I would say he probably would want back. They managed to get an empty netter on top of it, uh, and so uh, that gave the Marlies their thirtieth win of the season, um, which is why they are sitting atop of the North Division. And it was not exactly an inspiring. Uh, performance by the Laval Rocket. However, they didn't have a whole lot lot of time to think about that because um, they had to turn around and play the Marlies right, uh, right away again on Saturday afternoon, a 4 o'clock game. Uh, so less than 24 hours later, and this time, this time, um, they came ready to play. And it was a much better start. In fact, Madison Bowie kicks things off, and the very first shot of the game – he shoots from the point, goes bar, bar down. It's Keith petrozelli who's in net for the Marlies this time. And this time it's Laval who goes up early, 1-0. And this time they were able to sustain it. This was a game where they've done something that they haven't done a whole lot of times this season in that they played pretty close to a full 60-minute effort, which is something they've really struggled to do. And... Um, they kept managing to find the back of the net. In fact, they they scored seven times in this game. They went up in the first period three to nothing, and it was very difficult for the Marlies to scratch back after that. Um, getting getting. Uh, help from everywhere. I have to say uh, Madison Bowie, while he did have a goal and an assist on the night, he also found himself in the penalty box a couple of times. So he was certainly making up for his, his, his lost time, but Madison Bowie scoring, Peter Abandonado scoring, Pierre Richter Bay scoring, Brandon Zignac, Gabriel Bork, and then Belzeal and Ullinen both with empty netters at the end of, uh, end of the game uh, to make it seven to three. So yeah, seven goals, seven different shooters. That's the kind of uh, puck support that you want to see for a Caden Primo who's not always playing confidently or strongly. So Caden Primo getting his sixth win of the season. Yes, just six. Caden Primo is now six, seven, five, and one on the season. Not uh, beautiful statistics for the young goaltending prospect, but they finished out, uh, you know, the the week prior to heading into the All-Star break uh, on a really strong note and getting a big win on the road, which uh, they managed to do on back-to-back Saturdays. The Saturday prior to that, if you remember, they had a really big win. Uh, against the Cleveland Monsters on the road when the Cleveland Monsters had kind of really taken it to them on the Friday night. They go into Cleveland again on Saturday night and come out with a big win. And that's exactly what they did in Toronto again this week, uh, losing big kind of on Friday night and then coming back with a big victory on Saturday. So it sets them up. Uh, They're still managing to hold on to that last playoff spot in the AHL's North Division. Um... You know, it's gonna, it's it's not gonna be easy to hang on to it. Uh, you know, they they're gonna have work to do. They have 44 points. That's they are five points uh, in front of the Cleveland Monsters and the Belleville Senators, who are tied at 39 points, sitting behind them. Uh, however, both of those teams have games in hand. Uh, particularly, Cleveland has three games in hand on Laval, so Laval is going to have to continue to work in order to maintain that last playoff position. They are only one point behind Rochester, who's sitting in front of them in the fourth place spot in the North division. Uh, But this week ahead, it's not going to get any easier. They've got two divisional matchups coming up at the end of this week, both at home in Place Bell, which we know can be an advantage for them. Laval is a much better home team than they are a road team. Uh, They host Syracuse on Friday night, Syracuse sitting, of course, five points ahead of them in third place in the North Division right now, and then on Saturday night hosting the second place in the North Division, the Utica Comets, who are currently sitting seven points ahead of them. Both Syracuse and Utica uh, have not won recently on their in, on the streaks that they are on, so uh, they'll be looking for some redemption. Everyone will have kind of rested and relaxed over the all-star break and we know it gets nasty against the syracuse crunch so as much as gabriel dumont and alex barry belay got lots of love in Place bell this past weekend from all of their fellow quebecers uh putting on a show for the skills competition and and for the all-star challenge uh, the tune's going to be quite different when they come back to Place bell on a friday night. Uh, for for that game against Syracuse. Don't forget, of course, you can follow all of the action uh, both during the games and after the games. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report, uh, you will get play-by-play in-game updates of what's happening for the Laval Rocket while the game is going on. And then after every single Laval Rocket game, visit AHLReport.com. We'll have a full, comprehensive game recap. All the stats the three stars of the night a fully written game summary and report uh sometimes when it's home games we've got uh post-game interviews uh as well uh which will be the case for this weekend uh chris g will be in the building in Place bell and we'll have the post game interviews this weekend so be sure you check that out you don't want to miss it it's it, it could it could get to be an exciting Second half of the season, after getting through the slog of the first half of the season, uh, starting with two divisional games uh, this coming weekend, which should be a lot of fun. Right now, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings. They have a big incentive for you before uh, Super Bowl Sunday this coming weekend. We all know who I'm rooting for, right? That's not even a, it's not, it shouldn't even be a surprise. I shouldn't even have to say, I shouldn't even have to say it right. We were all we were all around the last time they won the Super Bowl, and I just about lost my ever-loving mind. And uh, it's very possible, I'm hoping, that next Tuesday when we all come back and meet here that I'm going to be equally losing my ever-loving mind. Uh, but DraftKings has a new incentive for, for you just in time for the Super Bowl as well as a great incentive uh, from our sponsors over at Raycon just for listeners of this show. So check that out. On the other side of that, I will be back with – a really fun report on what went down in Laval this weekend when all of the AHL All-Stars came to town. You don't want to miss it. You are listening to the Press Owned podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m., to 9 p.m. Eastern time to see what prop bet will be boosted. Now, if you know anything about me and my football team, you know that I am very excited for those Philadelphia Eagles. And you can bet, well you can bet right there on DraftKings uh, that I'm going to be placing uh, some bets for the Philadelphia Eagles. Go Birds. Uh, Can't wait to see how that happens. And hey, maybe they can win me some cash, too. That'd be great. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey friends, you know, this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. Like, you know, how many of us are really going to stick to that New Year's resolution that we're only going to eat salad for lunch every day this year? I doubt it. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact in the same way you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. In the studio, whether I'm recording a podcast, whether I'm working as a voice actor, I have big, heavy studio headphones on, for all of those types of things. The great thing about my Raycons is when I just need some casual listening for audio if I'm working, if I'm writing, doing something like that, and I just want to listen to a podcast uh, like those here at Rocket Sports Radio, or if I just want to listen to some music in the background. My Raycons are wireless. They're small. They fit in my ears perfectly, which is always an issue for me with in-bud earphones. So whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Um, Some of the things I love about my Raycons, I love the customizable sound profiles uh tap functions on the sides of the earbuds. I love the awareness mode because I don't want to tune out necessarily what's going on around me, so you can turn on awareness mode which allows some of the ambient sound around you in the room that you're in or where you whatever your environment is to seep in so that you can still hear what's going on around. They're water and sweat resistant, so if you want to use them when you're working out, that's great too. So, are you ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash thpn today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash thpn to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash thpn. Welcome back to the Press Home Podcast, right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and uh, an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. So glad that you're back with us once again. My name is Amy Johnson, your host of the show, lead correspondent at AHLReport.com. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule, but again, don't forget to follow at the AHL Report for our complete coverage of the Laval Rocket and Habs prospects all throughout the year. Uh, Also, if you could take a moment and just make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. We don't ever want you to miss an episode of it. And uh, if you're really in the giving mood today, tap that share button and share this podcast with your friends and followers on your favorite social media platform. It's really the best way that you can help us out and help us to grow our community. This past weekend, finally, after three years of waiting, the AHL All-Star Classic came to Laval. Uh they were originally supposed to host this back in 2020. Um uh excuse me, back in in 2021, they were awarded the All-Star game in 2020 um and and they were supposed to host it in 2021. Well, we all know that COVID was raging. Well, we're not going to get into the <laughs> into the realities of whether or not COVID still is raging, because it is. Uh, but it was causing major, massive shutdowns at that point. This was pre-vaccine, those types of things. So it was postponed in 2021 due to COVID-19. And then about six weeks before it was supposed to take place last year in 2022, uh, we went through, we saw both the NHL and the AHL had another big shutdown uh, because of covid kind of over the holiday and New Year's season, and it and and they ended up having to postpone the AHL All-Star Classic again last year. Uh, so finally, third time's a charm, two years after they were originally supposed to host. Uh, finally, Plasbel gets to get decked out and welcome the league uh, for the first time for a big event like this, a league-wide event. They certainly pulled out all the stops. There were big concerts. There was a big uh, fan jam party outside around the arena, complete with a Ferris wheel, um, which the mascots took full advantage of. And Anyone who has watched or attended an AHL All-Star event knows that, really, the dark horse of that event are the mascots, because the mascots in the AHL, they've got like an edge. They really do. Uh, more so than the, than, with, with the exception of Gritty, uh, more so than the NHL mascots. And, of course, they did not disappoint. Uh, I would say the biggest hellraiser of them all is Utica's new monstrosity called, called Naughty. You remember Utica, under the Vancouver affiliation, had this adorable and friendly big green fuzzy alien called Audie. Um, because they play in the, odd, the audit in, in Auditorium. His name was Audie. He was fantastic. I even have a mini stuffed plushie Audie here in my office because he was a tremendous mascot. Well, when the Devils took over the affiliation um, and, you know, they, they wanted to pay tribute, I guess, to Audie, but Audie's colors don't match because Audie was green and blue. Uh, so they needed a red and black one. And we all know that the New Jersey mascot is a devil. And so they took Audie and they made Naughty. Kind of, you know, you get that Audie. This is Naughty, like not Audie, but he's also very naughty. And he is this creepy, like nightmare fuelish, devilish kind of thing. And he acts like that too. <laughs> I have to say he acts like he's, he is just, he terrorizes people. Um... All of the mascots having lots of fun. The fans seemed to have a ton of fun. Place Bell was sold out for the skills competition. More than 9,000 fans were there. Uh, and I would say it was probably pretty close to that for the All Star game on Monday night as well. Uh, so the fans didn't disappoint. They came out in droves. They were very loud, uh, they were very enthusiastic and for the skills competition man I know I I teased this at the beginning of the show the NHL skills competition and I look forward to skills competitions because it's fun right I mean most of us want to see the shootout leave the NHL and the AHL as a way to decide the game because we always say those games shouldn't be decided by a skills competition so you know An actual breakaway challenge is supposed to be part of a skill set. You know, you want to see in in exceptional circumstances, what can the top players in these leagues do? The NHL did that horribly. Uh, The NHL has gotten very gimmicky. They draw it out way too long. Their broadcasting talent is is not cut out to do those kinds of entertainment broadcasts. Uh, Very cringy at a lot of times um the the gimmicky stuff has got to go the players looked absolutely bored um they weren't trying there was no effort like there's no pro the nhl players don't seem to have any pride of trying to win their events they're just trying to get through it and frankly look hungover. the exact opposite of that is the ahl skills competition it is competitive it is is very quick paced it is all about actual skill there are seven events and they got through their seven events in two hours as opposed to the nhl's three hours um seven hour seven events in two hours that are all pure skill what can you do how can we challenge you as a hockey player uh to show us what kind of skills you have and the players are into it and they're trying and they're i mean like The fastest skater competition actually looked like they were trying. The hardest shot competition actually looked like they were trying. The accuracy shooting, gee, they actually looked like they were trying. Uh, It was very entertaining. And they set some records as well. Um, Keep in mind... Uh, Alex Belzile was a late add to this uh, All-Star weekend after Justin Barron was not sent down uh, to Laval from Montreal. Justin Barron was supposed to be the representative with Anthony Richard for Laval, um, deservedly so. Uh, instead, they put Captain Alex Belzeal, uh in his place, which I think was probably mostly a PR decision uh, to have the captain of the home team uh be there um because i think there are probably other players on the team who could have who who would have been more deserving of of an all-star nod uh purely off of performance but that's a conversation for another day uh so those two were competing uh there was a puck control relay which i really like this is this is basically you know there's a there's a three person per team relay race up and down 200 feet of the ice, skate as fast as you can to one end of the ice, pick up a puck and then stick handle it through an obstacle course. So your skating's gotta be good. Your puck handling abilities have to be good. Uh, get it back across uh, the, the, the line again and your next teammate goes. So the puck control relay, really, really fun. Um, fastest skater competition anthony richard was in this he came in third overall he had a time of 13.322 seconds which not shabby not shabby um the record in the ahl in this event uh was held by anthony greco who set this in 2019 uh when he went for 13.251 seconds well ladies and gentlemen There is a new record holder for the CCM Fastest Skater event in the American Hockey League uh, set by Hershey Bears' Ethan Frank, and he blew this out of the water. Remember, the previous record for the league was 13.251 seconds. Ethan Frank, 12.915 seconds. I mean, this kid was flying. Flying. Uh, through the course it was very exciting to watch for sure he got a rousing uh, ovation uh, for for what he was doing. Rapid fire is always I think a very fun um, fun event it's where a goaltender uh, you've got a go it, this is a this is a, a goalie event. Goaltenders in the crease there are shooters to the left and right of him who each have, five opportunities in alternating succession as fast as they can to shoot pucks onto the goaltender. And it is the goaltender's job to turn and stop each of them. Um, and it's always, I always really like this one. Uh, Belzeal did a, did a pretty manageable job on this. He scored three times on his five shots against Dustin Wolf. Um, and so that certainly helped the Eastern conference, um, Get a point out of out of that event. Hardest shot. Uh, there were there were some decent shots. There were some not decent shots. But uh, a guy who's very well known to Laval fans, Syracuse Crunch defenseman Darren Radish, absolutely by and far, it's not even close. Uh, he was the only one to to break the hundred mile an hour mark, and he did it in style. His first. Uh, his first. Uh, going at 101.8 miles per hour and then an even steven 102 miles per hour easily winning hardest shot competition that was very fun to watch uh david gust forward for the rockford ice hogs also getting the crowd going when he went a perfect four and four in the accuracy shooting uh, I mean, there was just no stopping in David Gust. That was very fun to watch. Um, Pass and score is also a fun event where, again, it's the goaltenders who are on display because the goaltenders uh, face off and have to stop uh, th- three different attempts by a three on O so you've got a, a two forwards and a defenseman coming at you and they have three attempts to shoot on you to shoot and score on you and and the goaltenders have to stop those pucks on a 3 on zero, uh and it was uh it was pretty it was pretty fun uh, riley nash ethan frank and alex belzile were were a trio uh and they scored on every one of their attempts they actually did did really well um and anthony richard's trio also scored a couple of goals Uh, So that was a really fun, really fun event. Then you have the breakaway relay. They don't do um, what has really devolved into the goofy breakaway challenge at the NHL level. Instead, they do a breakaway relay where the goaltender sets up in net and then there are five different skaters who just come in like on a breakaway. They have, I think, 27 seconds for all five shooters to come in and sh- and, and shoot on a on a breakaway, um, kind of like a, a a shootout, and so it's 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 a lot more skillful. It's less theatrical and more just can these guys score? They 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 do get creative. They do get creative. Um, you know, Alex Belzial did a little uh, puck juggling, tried to bat it out of midair. It didn't work, but that's okay. Who stole the show? Gabriel Dumont's son, um, Mateo Dumont, stole the show because Gabriel Dumont went last, shooting on Lucas Dostal from the San Diego Gulls and instead let his little guy, Mateo, take the shot for him. Uh, Mateo came in with with some speed and actually put a pretty good shot right on Dostal's pads. Dostal, to his credit, um, started to try to kind of make the save, but it, it squeaked through the pads. Mateo then big selly puts the hand to the ear. The crowd goes wild. It was it was pretty fun. So um, I invite you to actually go listen at ahlreport.com. Um, stick tap. I have to say to my teammate Chris G. Uh, we kind of we we did split duties this weekend. It was Chris G and myself who were bringing everyone all of the AHLReport.com coverage. Chris was live on the ground in Place Bell. Um, he did the write up uh, for the skills competition. That article can be found on on the website, and he conducted uh, all of our our on the ground live interviews. Um, both before and after the skills competition and the All-Star Game, as well as at the Hall of Fame induction and Scott Housen's media availability. Uh, I was watching remotely, took care of all of the social media, uh, graphics building, those types of things, uh, editing of all the articles and publishing did live tweeting play-by-play on ahl at the ahl report on twitter for people who weren't watching and then of course uh wrote an article for the hall of fame induction scott housen's media availability and the write-up on the all-star game so real big team effort uh so tip of the hat to chris g uh my my partner in crime for the weekend uh we he did a great job and our fans and readers have been. Uh, pouring in the positive feedback for for all of the coverage that we were able to bring this weekend. So for the skills competition, I invite you to go check out uh, the write-up for this on AHLReport.com because there's a slew of audio from interviews uh, with top prospect Thomas Harley, Ethan Frank, who won that fastest skater, set the new record. Gabriel Dumont's in there. Joseph Wall, a uh, big-time goaltender coming up in the league. And then, of course, um, interviews before and after the skills competition with both Anthony Richard and Alex Belziel. So you'll want to check that out for sure. Um, also, be sure to look for the article about the AHL Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Um, Former president Dave Andrews, as well as Nolan Baumgartner, uh, Kevin O'Coin, and uh, Bill Torrey and Dave Creighton, all were inducted into the AHL Hall of Fame this year. Uh, it was a bigger class than usual because it was also the 2021 and 2022 classes since, since the event had been postponed a couple of times. So lots of great information about the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which was very uh, moving at some points. Uh, some of the, Some of the inductees getting quite emotional. Uh, and there is also uh, an interview with Dave Andrews, former president of the American Hockey League for 26 years, uh, in that as well. So you can listen to that full audio as well. Um, I do. Before we get to what happened in the All-Star game, I just also want to tease what's going to happen next week on the show. You'll notice there's a significant absence this week. Patrick Williams not with us uh, this week because... He is traveling back to uh, his home from Laval. He was also on the ground in Laval this weekend doing a lot of great work, lots of features uh, that he has had over the weekend and in the weeks to come over at the AHL's official website, theahl.com. And when he – so when he joins us next week on the show for the AHL Hot Stove, he and I are going to take a deep dive together, and and he's going to bring us all of the inside scoops on – Everything that went on with that Hall of Fame induction ceremony, kind of his his take on who was inducted and how how the ceremony was impactful. But also he's going to bring us um, his takes and and explanations of Scott Housen's first uh, kind of state of the league. Uh, media availability, things that he had to say. So it's going to be a fascinating conversation when Patrick joins us again next Tuesday. You won't want to miss that. Uh, so on Monday night, it was the official AHL All-Star Classic, the All-Star Challenge, uh, which was the All-Star Game. All four divisions vying for top honors. Uh, there were. This took a little longer, I think, than it needed to. Uh, this moved a little slowly but yeah with four divisions there's a lot of different combinations you have to get through so each of there were there were six 10-minute mini games uh three-on-three style in the round robin tournament where essentially every division played every other division and it was capped off The Pacific Division went undefeated, and they knew they were going to play in the six-minute championship uh, mini-game, but it came down to the Atlantic Division and the North Division playing against one one another to determine which of them was going to be the one to move on to the championship round. They were tied 2-2 at the end of their 10 minutes of regulation, and instead of going to the... Kind of the backup points calculation system that they were going to do the refs decided to let them just do the shootout until somebody won and it went for 11 rounds it was absolutely hilarious uh finally though the atlantic division alex nylander with the shootout winner finally somebody scored in the shootout and so it was pacific versus atlantic uh, pacific shut out the atlantic division in uh, the championship game first time That the Pacific Division has won the AHL All-Star Game. Lucas Dostal and Dustin Wolf both named as the MVPs of the game. Two goaltenders being named as the MVPs. And they were. They were lights out in this game. Uh, They were also the most entertaining. Uh, You know that the fans in Laval love to do the wave. And... Dustin Wolf, Lucas Dostal. Uh, it could have been Jesper Valset as well. Actually, uh, it might have been Lucas Dostal and and Jesper Wahlstedt, uh, who were in goal on the ice when the wave was going on. They participated as well. Uh, it was. It was. This is how I say the NHL could take a lesson because the players were having. An, you could tell how much fun they were having, and it was competitive. It was as competitive as you could see. Like, they were working hard. Those guys wanted to win this game, um, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Um I mean, even things like, you know, okay, you had 11 rounds of a shootout to determine who was moving on to the championship game. Um, in the championship game, the you know, it's only six minutes. At the three-minute mark, the Atlantic Division pulls off a goaltender change in play. The, they wait till they get possession of the puck. The clock is at the three-minute mark. They're halfway through uh, that six-minute game. They get possession of the puck and they kind of just hold it up a little bit behind the net while the goaltender makes a beeline for the bench and and live during gameplay goaltender switch love to see it i would love to see that more often it was so entertaining uh just a big congratulations overall uh to everyone involved laval did a great job putting on uh their first all-star weekend i'm sure it will go back there at some point in the future uh next year it's going to be in sunny california the san jose barracuda will be hosting the all-star weekend next year so book your plane tickets if you want a nice warm vacation next uh february uh and for uh our write-up on AHLReport.com regarding the All-Star Game. I invite you to check that out as well because not only, again, do we have pre- and post-All-Star Game interviews with Anthony Richard and Alex Belziel, uh, but we also have interviews with top prospects Tyson Forster and goaltender Nico Dawes uh, in the New Jersey Devils organization. So you don't want to miss those as well. Again, it was just an exciting weekend. Uh, Lots of really good representation of the top talent around the ahl um, and just proof again that the ahl as dave andrews said a few times this weekend is not the minor leagues they are a very competitive top professional hockey league that also happens to develop players for the nhl uh, scott house in the current president did say development is our calling card that really is what the ahl has become about is being a development league for the nhl and when patrick williams uh joins me next week we're gonna go a uh, pretty deep dive on his comments Howson's comments about that and what that really means in terms of each franchise and how they approach game management and player management and player development. So uh, just a really, really big congratulations all around uh, to the AHL for another successful All-Star Classic. It was great to see the event back after two years of postponement and looking forward to San Jose next year. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for us this week on the Press Zone. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, We've got uh, the, the Laval Rocket and the Habs are back in action this weekend, so you know that next week, hey, it's the Valentine's Day show next week. What better way to spend your Valentine's Day than here with us at the Press Zone? Looking forward to it for sure, and uh, so glad that you've been here with us this week. Take care, enjoy the hockey this week, and uh, we'll see you back next Tuesday. You have been listening to the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.